0: Chapter Thirty of Meg of Mystery Mountain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Meg of Mystery Mountain by Grace May North. Chapter Thirty: Jean Sawyer's Secret. Jane, going to the deserted ranch house, threw herself down on her bed and sobbed heartbreakingly. She did not hear the tap on the door, nor was she conscious that Mary had entered, until she heard her voice, "'Jane, dear, have I done something to hurt you, to make you unhappy?' The tenderness in the tone of her best friend was unmistakable, and all at once Jane felt ashamed of herself. Holding a fevered hand, she said, "'Indeed not, dear girl, it isn't your fault at all. Any boy would like you better than me. You are so sweet, and unselfish, and lovable.' Mary's eyes widened, for she was indeed perplexed. "'Jane, I don't understand,' she said. "'What boy likes me better than he does you?' Then, slowly, a light dawned. Taking both hot hands in her own, she cried, her blue eyes glowing, "'Oh, Jane, dearest Jane, did you think that Jean Sawyer cared for me?' did you think for one moment that i knowing how much you like him would even want him to care for me indeed not janey but now i think about it i realize that you might misunderstand dear it's a long story let's go out on the verandah in the moonlight there is no one around they all went up to the foothill trail and will be gone for over an hour jane permitted herself to be led to a vine-sheltered corner of the verandah where they sat close together in a hammock swing Mary piled the soft cushions behind her friend, whose flustered face assured her that her head was really aching. Jane sighed as she sank back among them, but it was a sign of relief. How wrong it had been to doubt for one moment the loyalty of this, her very best friend! But Mary was beginning the story. "'Dear,' she said, placing a cool hand on the hot one near her, "'When you first introduced me to Jean Sawyer, did you notice that my brother Bob drew me away to whisper something to me before I could acknowledge the introduction?' Jane nodded, both curious and interested. "'Why did Bob do that? I wondered at the time.' Mary continued. "'I was just about to exclaim, "'Why, Jean sawyer Willoughby!" so this is where you disappeared to when you left home last February?' But I did not, for Bob gave me no time. What he whispered was— don't let on you know jean he wants his identity kept in the dark he is using his mother's maiden name get the cue of course i got it but as soon as i could ask jean to go for a canter with me that i might tell him of how heartbroken his family was because he had disappeared as he did jane was no longer reclining among the cushions she sat up listening intently you and bob know jean's family yes indeed both his father and older brother ken we met them every summer on the coast of maine where our parents had cottages next to each other jean told me of that cottage where he went that summer along with his mother jane said i mean the summer she died poor boy he was never happy in his home life after that merry replied ken his brother is a commissioned officer on one of the war boats he had little shore leave and that left jean and his father quite alone in their big house in new york They had never been congenial in their interests, but the final break came when their father entered into some oil deal which Jean considered dishonorable. He told his father exactly how he felt about it. He said that he refused to inherit money that was taken from the poor who had invested their savings in the wildcat scheme, believing the firm to be honest. Of course his father was angry, and Jean, refusing to take one penny of what he called tainted money, left home to make his own way in the world. The father did not seem to care at first, for he had always loved Ken more than he did Jean. But when Ken came home on leave, he took Jean's part. He also denounced his father's dishonourable business methods. Jane was sitting very erect, and her breath came hard. At last she interrupted. "'Mary,' she said, in a voice that she hardly recognised as her own. "'Jean's father, Mr. Willoughby, was my father's partner.' Then she burst into unexpected tears. Jean was nobler than I. Oh, Mary, I can never be his friend again. I am not worthy of him. I want you to be his best friend. You are so good. I am sure that his heart of hearts he must love you. Mary leaned over and kissed her friend tenderly. I hope Jean does love me, she said simply. He is to be my brother, for I am engaged to Ken Willoughby. His three years in the Navy are nearly over. Ken is coming home for good on September 1st jane's heart was filled with conflicting emotions she was indeed happy when she heard the wonderful secret which mary assured her she would have told her at once but ken had wanted her to wait until he had given her the ring which he had brought for her in paris but i just had to tell you dear girl when i realized that my friendship with jean might lead you to believe that we cared for each other then slipping an arm affectionately about her companion mary continued And now there is just one thing for which I am going to wish until it comes true, and that is that you and Jean may care for each other in the way Ken and I care. Then, Jane, I will be your sister. Think what that would mean, for we would share all the joy that the future holds. But, Jane, tears brimming in her eyes, said sadly, That can never be. If Jean knew the truth, he knew that I wanted father to cheat those poor people who had trusted him, he would scorn me, even now as I scorn myself.' I never knew father's partners except by name. We lived so very far apart, and Dad always wanted just to rest when he reached our little village home, and so, even when I was with him, which was seldom, we had no social life.' Then, turning with a startled expression, Jane inquired, "'Oh, do you suppose that Jean knows—do you suppose he recognized our name as being the same as his father's partner?' Mary replied thoughtfully, there are a good many abbots in the world, dear, and just at first Jean did not suspect that your father was the one who had withdrawn from the firm, and who, by doing so, had incurred the hated wrath of Mr. Willoughby. But, when I happened to mention why your father had lost everything, as Dan had told him, Jean's face brightened. I am glad, he said, that the father of Jane had the courage to do the honourable thing. I noticed at the time that he said, the father of Jane, and not of Dan, that means dear that you are often in his thoughts but jane had burst into tears and rising she hurried to her own room and begged Mary, who followed her with tender solicitude to leave her alone i never never can be jean's friend again but don't tell him how dishonorable i have been Mary. promise me that you will not tell him of course i will not tell but oh jane you are over imaginative to-night i am sure that you never wished your father to rob the poor that you might have luxury but there, please don't answer me, dear, you are all worn out and your poor head is throbbing cruelly. Let me help you undress. Tomorrow morning when you awake you will see everything in a different light. But Mary was wrong. Because of Jane, the young people did not start at sunrise as they had planned, but delayed until after Mr and Mrs. Starr had been driven away to the Redford station. Mr Packard accompanied them. Bob was pleased, indeed, that he and his sister were to remain in the Rockies for another fortnight, and Mary was glad to be with Jane, who, more than ever, seemed to need her friendship. When the young people were gathered at the corral, preparing to start, Jean glanced across at Jane, and noting how pale and weary she looked, he strode over to her, saying, "'Aren't you afraid that the ride will be too hard for you? Suppose we let the others start now. If Meg feels that she must get home, you and I could follow them more leisurely, starting later when you are rested.' There was a sad expression in the dark eyes that were lifted to his, but the girl's reply was, "'Thank you, Jean. I would rather go now with the others.' Mary felt Jane's clasp tighten around her hand, and well knew that she was suffering cruelly, and that it was a mental, not a physical torture. Jean assisted both of the girls to mount, and then the string of horses started towards the mountain trail, for Bob was eager to visit the old deserted Crazy Creek mine. Jean Sawyer glanced often at the pale, beautiful face of the girl, who seemed purposely to avoid him. Chapter thirty